Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us uh, in your word. Uh, We thank you for the book of Psalms, uh, which helps us and teaches us how to relate to you in all our emotions. I pray today that as we look at uh, this pretty heavy psalm, uh, you may speak to each one of us in new and meaningful ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Last week after church, uh, I was talking to somebody uh, downstairs over morning tea, and we were doing the uh, how was your Christmas uh, conversation, because it's still pretty close to Christmas. So when I asked her how her Christmas was, uh, she said, I don't know whether you can say this in church, but it was a different day, same, I'll say poo. Different day, same poo. That is, while Christmas for many people may have been a really great time, for for her, it was not a great time. It was just another hard day. In fact, 2020 was just another hard year, wasn't it? On a macro level, we had bushfires, floods and then COVID. There was so much devastation all around and borders being shut and being cut off from families. And that, that was here in Australia. Around the world, COVID has devastated so many places. And then there were wars that were continuing on. There were people living in famine and poverty. There was persecution still going on. Suffering is all around us. But suffering isn't just all around us out there, is it? Suffering is also amongst us. Uh, I had a friend who throughout last year lived with such deep depression that he could hardly function. Uh, I have uh, other friends whose marriage, it seems, has come to an end last year. I have another, other friends whose teenage daughter is talking of ending her life. Uh, my, my grandfather died during the year in the height of COVID uh, down in New South Wales when only 10 people could be at a funeral anyway, so I've never actually got to say my goodbyes. And then to top off the year, the Wednesday before Christmas, Felicity's mother died. And so she's away from us at the moment still. Felicity's still away from us uh, because she went down for the funeral and couldn't be back yet. Suffering isn't just all around us. Suffering is here within us. Suffering is here within me. Now, now I know that for some of you, as I talked about some of the suffering that was going, that happened kind of occurred to me or happened around me last year, you might be thinking, if only you knew, Matt. If only you knew real suffering, because I know that many of you are going through or have gone through much worse suffering than that. Now, for some of you, probably not that many at this service, I realise that suffering is probably... What's what's this suffering? For most of my life, I think that's me. Um, You know, people would generally say to me, "Uh, how how are you? And my answer is, yeah, I'm right. Because that's generally how things are. But whether you're suffering now or whether you're not, 
How do we relate to God in our suffering? And especially, how do we relate to God when he doesn't seem to be answering our prayers? Well, there are so many different answers that we could look at from the Bible. But today we're going to look at one that's probably until about a month ago, I don't think I'd even really considered. How do we deal with suffering and pain? We lament. We look to God and we cry out to him and we keep crying out to him, telling him how we're feeling, even when we may not see any answers straight away. Uh, Originally, I was going to be preaching from Psalm 118 uh, this morning. And Psalm 118 is a praise psalm. It does talk about hard times, but it's effectively a praise psalm. And praise is, is a good and right response, even in suffering. But so is lament. And so today we're going to be looking at Psalm 88, probably, uh, as we just heard, probably the darkest psalm in the book of Psalms. It's, this is the one that ends with, darkness is my closest friend. Uh, if you've got a Bible or your app, have it open to Psalm 88, that'd be great. And as we look at this psalm together, we're, we're going to be asking four questions. Uh, the first, first question is, what is the situation of this psalmist? The second question we'll look at is, what is the response of the psalmist to this situation? Thirdly, we're going to be looking at, what difference does Jesus make? And then we're going to be thinking about how should we respond in our dark days. So firstly, what's the situation of the psalmist? Well, it's pretty hard, isn't it? He's in a dark, dark place. In verse 1 and 2, we're told that the psalmist is crying out to God day and night. And this crying out to God is, is not some kind of dignified prayer. No, what one commentator uh, says that this is a protracted wailing to God. In verse 3, we're told that he's overwhelmed with troubles. Uh, I, I still use the 1984 NIV at home. And it tells us that my soul is full of troubles. In verses 3 and 4 and 5, he is near to death. In verse 4, he's got no strength. In verse 9, his eyes are growing dim. Uh, Another translation says, my eyes are blinded by my tears. And it's not just physical suffering. He's overwhelmed with emotional and spiritual suffering as well. He's feeling in verse 7 that God's wrath is lying heavily on him. Verse 16, he says that God's wrath has swept over him, that his, God's terrors have destroyed him. Verse 8, his relationships have broken down, so his closest friends have been taken far from him and he is repulsive to them. And in verse 18, we're told that his friends and his neighbours have shunned him. And verse 15 tells us that it has been this way since his youth. As I said, the situation of this psalmist is dark. Now, what exactly is the situation? Well, we're not told. We are told how overwhelming this is, but we're not told the exact details. 
But that's one of the strengths of this and probably many psalms. Um, a, a great book that I've just finished reading uh, is this book called Finding Lost Words, The Church's Right to Lament. This is kind of added lament into my arsenal of prayers, really. Um, and uh, one of the authors, it's written by a number of different people, writes this, says, These poems, so the Psalms, are intentionally vague. And because of that, they have the ability to transcend time and space and so become applicable to any situation in the lives of God's people. In other words, because we're not told the exact situation of this psalmist, well, we can use these words in our own dark days. So what's the situation of the psalmist? Well, he's overwhelmed with sorrow. He's in a dark, dark place. And what's the response of the psalmist? Well, he talks to God. Actually, no, talks to God's a bit soft, isn't it? He cries out to God. And he keeps crying out to God. But it's not just to God. He cries out to his God. Look at verse 1, if you've got your Bibles open. The very first word of the psalm is Lord. But you notice it's Lord in all capitals. That, that, that is, this is the personal name of God. This is Yahweh. This is the name that God gave to his people to be able to call on him. It's kind of like when I get up here, I say, hi, everyone, my name's Matt. I don't say, hi, everyone, I'm a man. Well, this is Yahweh as opposed to just God. And we're told in verse 1, he says, Yahweh, you are the God who saved me. There is a personal relationship between this psalmist and his God. He is crying out to the God who we know through Jesus Christ, the God who saves and all throughout the psalm, he keeps crying out to this personal God. Just have a look with me. Go, go with, from verse 1. Yahweh, you are the God who saved me. Day and night I cry to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. Verse 6. You have put me in the lowest, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends. Verse 9, I cry to you, Yahweh, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Verse 13, but I cry to you for help, Yahweh. This is a deeply personal prayer. This person is going through immense and overwhelming sorrow. And yet his response is to keep crying out to his God. And he's not nice about it. He's not trying to protect God's feelings. Now the psalmist says to God, God, you are the one who is causing all of this to happen to me. I'm suffering because you are causing me to suffer. The psalmist is... He knows that God is in ultimate control. Using theological jargon, he knows that God is sovereign or omnipotent. 
But still, the psalmist keeps crying out to God. Verse 1, he does it day and night. Verse 9, he's doing it every day. Verse 13, he's doing it every morning. So the psalmist knows that he's crying out to the God who saves and he's crying out to his God. And yet he doesn't seem to be getting any response back from God. Verse 14, why, Yahweh, do you reject me and hide your face from me? Now, most psalms of lament throughout uh, the book of Psalms end up in praise. They, the psalmist pours out his heart and says how he's feeling, but then they end in praise because they remember what God is like or God has come through, but not this psalm. This psalm ends with, darkness is my closest friend. He gets to the end and God hasn't come through for him. Does this psalm make anybody else feel a bit uncomfortable? That you could talk to God in such a way? But this is in the Bible. This is in the church's hymn book. This was somehow written to let us know how we can respond to God in our dark days. But still it feels uncomfortable. So should we ever do this? Should we talk to God like this psalmist? Well, before we look at that question, we have to ask the question, what difference does Jesus make? Because this psalm was written before Jesus lived here on earth. That is, this is in the Old Testament. And so as Christians, this side of Jesus, we have to ask, what difference does Jesus make? And I think the answer is, Jesus makes every difference. And Jesus makes no difference. How can Jesus make every difference and Jesus makes no difference? Well, firstly, what difference does Jesus make? He makes every difference. Because Jesus has given us a fuller revelation and a fuller assurance. Look at the, ver- the questions in verses 10 to 12. The psalmist asks, do you, talking to God, do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? In other words, the psalmist is asking, when people are dead, can they still praise you, God? And I think that the answer that the psalmist is expecting or is thinking is no. Or at least, I don't know. That is, in the Old Testament, there there are indeed uh, hints of what we know of as eternal life uh, in God's presence beyond death but they're really just hints. There's no ultimate assurance because Jesus hadn't come yet. But now he has. Jesus has come. And so in John chapter 1, verse 5, we're told that the darkness did not overcome the light, did not overcome Jesus. 
even in his death. John eleven twenty five, Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life. In Revelation, the, the last book of the Bible, we're told that there will be people from every tribe, people, language and nation standing around the throne praising God and praising Jesus and that's going to go on even beyond death. In other words, the answer to the question, do their spirits rise up and praise you? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness? Well, the answer is yes. And more than that, in Christ Jesus, we can know that neither height nor depth, angels nor demons, darkness or anything else can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So Jesus does make every difference. And yet I think also we could say Jesus makes no difference. As in, lament is still right. Because Jesus... We follow Jesus. Jesus, he knew that he was the light. Jesus, he knew that darkness would not overcome him. Jesus knew that even beyond the grave, people could praise God. And yet Jesus lamented. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he didn't cry out, Psalm 150, praise God. No, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These are words of lament. They're straight from Psalm 22. They are the words of somebody who knows God and has a relationship with God. It is my God. And yet, while Jesus knew that he had a real relationship with his God, he also felt at the same time forsaken by that God. Isn't that so similar to what this psalmist is doing? He has the relationship with God, and yet he's feeling that God has turned away from him. And lament doesn't even finish just on the cross. Lament continues beyond resurrection. Uh, in, in Revelation chapter 6, in the same book that has people from every tribe, people and language standing before the throne uh, praising God, in Revelation chapter 6, we're told that right now, under the altar, in the very presence of God, there are still souls of those who have been slain, Christians, crying out to God, how long, God, until you do something? They're still lamenting in the presence of God. Because Jesus hasn't returned yet. What difference does Jesus make? Well, Jesus makes all the difference. We can know that for certain that God is always with us. We can know that not even darkness or death can separate us from the love of God. We can know that there is always hope. We, we can know that darkness will never be our only friend. But Jesus also makes no difference, as in we can still lament, because our experience of darkness may be that we feel that God is not listening, even while we know that he is. And so that leads us to our last question. How should we respond in our own dark and overwhelming times? Well, I think we should be like this psalmist. We should be like this psalmist who, even in his darkest days, does not give up on God. He doesn't become an atheist. He keeps crying out to his God. He is a faithful follower of God. 
He cries out to God even when he's not sure that doesn't seem that God is answering. He does not give up on his God. And he keeps crying out to him, knowing that he is the God who saves. Now, Psalm 88 is not the whole answer. I mean, even within the book of Psalms, this is Psalm 88, it is, it is the one psalm that kind of ends like this. Most of them do turn to praise. So let's not just sit in it and go, well, that's it, we can't move beyond this. And as Christians, we can know that because of Jesus, our life will end in praise. Light, not darkness, will win in the end. But that's the important part to remember. It is in the end. There is no promise that this year is going to be better than last year. There's no guarantee for those who are sick that that sickness is going to end immediately. There's no promise that the deep and dark depression that you or your friends are going through will be overcome this year. I mean, let's pray that it does. Let's pray that it is. Let's pray that 2021 is better than last year. But let's also be honest. There may be dark times, and for some of us, they may be really long and overwhelmingly dark times. And in such times, know that lament is a good and godly response. Uh, Because I've been preparing this and because of how things have been going for me lately, I've been using some of the words of Psalm 88. I I don't feel that I'm in the situation of uh, that psalmist. I'm, I'm not saying darkness is my closest friend. But I've still been using some of these words or some of these ideas uh, to be talking to God. I've also been using some of Psalm 118 and praising God at the same time because that's where I am. But individually, you can lament. If you are in a situation and a time when life is really tough, it's okay to lament. I think that's what God's word is showing us here. But I think it's also important that corporately, as a church, we learn to lament. I think there's a reason uh, that the psalm has a heading and it says, for the director of music. That is, this song was to be sung corporately. While it is personal language, individual language, it is still to be sung corporately. Because as we corporately lament... Well, that's a way of standing beside those who really are feeling that, to go, we are here with you and this is a good and godly response.